Uh, well, going, ladies and gents, welcome back to Party Roulette. My name is Felix Fiasi, and this is, of course, the podcast where we talk about US politics. Last week, we were speaking about Italian politics, the referendum that happened over there. But today, we're back to our usual content and programming of US politics. And I'm joined by the lovely Elmer Hochland. How are you doing today, bro? Doing well, man. Doing well. Doing well? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, bro. <laughs> Just felt a little bit awkward not asking about. Yeah, no, it's nice. Yeah. It's nice when people care about that kind of thing, you know. But yeah. uh, it's been a while since I've seen you. It's been a long time, man. How you been, been doing? Time. Good. Lots of lots of work. I've been sleeping a lot. Yeah, I've been sleeping. No, man, it's actually pretty awful. I feel like it's bad for my skin. Are you stressed? Yeah, I would say so. Sleep is probably the worst thing for my for my health. Mm. Definitely. Like besides exercise, eating well, sleep is probably the most important thing, right? Have you been eating well? No. No. Lots of uh, Albert Heijn and Golden Oat mix. Mm. I'll buy the spicy mango hummus, the Maza edition with some Fukuoka crackers. Yeah, not enough protein in there. That's the classic white girl. I've just arrived in Amsterdam. Exactly. I'm studying media, and I'm gonna eat Albert Heijn salads yeah. every single day with the hummus and the crackers. Exactly. Don't have yeah. enough time to uh, actually make my own meal. Nah, it's man. Chill. What about hectic, you, man? Hectic, hectic life. I've been doing it, fam. I've been doing good. Back at university for uh, my sixth and final year. Touch wood. Six <laughs> what an accomplishment. The crowd's going wild. <laughs> My boy Chris has also just moved to Amsterdam. Chris is actually sitting in the studio right now as the resident sound engineer for today. How are you doing today, Chris? Good afternoon. I'm uh, fantastic. Thank you for asking. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Wow. Chris also is a bit of a political expert himself. So if we have, if he has any opinions, any uh, analysis to chime in, he will be doing so. Actually, no. I'll, 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 I'll let them get to it, you know, for the most part, but... If it's getting out of hand, I'll, I'll step in. It's a bit like on the Joe Rogan podcast where you have, uh, what's his face, Jamie. Young Jamie, can you pull that up, please? <laughs> Jamie, Chris is going to be the Jamie You love of that today. idea, man. You love that idea. Chris is going to be fact-checking. All right. Quick on Google. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, we're talking about US politics today. And we had something pretty interesting happen this week with regards to Supreme Court. Interesting. Interesting. Tragic. Good, good choice of words, are they? It was, it, I was crying. No, you were not. No, I won't. <laughs> it's not. It's, it is interesting, I think. Uh, what do you think is going to happen, huh? What's your uh, two cents after one New York Times article? Mm, I mean, I'll tell you what. You know, I watched a couple a couple of videos, but yeah. I actually I wasn't looking more into that. I've been looking more into the Biden-Trump polling numbers and uh, the state of the race. But I was hoping you could actually educate me a bit more about what's going on with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Because, of course, for those of you who don't know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg... Supreme Court Justice died on Monday night, I believe it was, um, of uh, complications with cancer. She had pancreatic cancer. She'd been suffering from it for like 30 years, apparently, which is a bit of a B story. But yeah, she tragically passed away. And now there is one open seat on the Supreme Court. And what happened four years ago when um, Obama was in a similar situation, Mitch McConnell and the Senate Republicans managed to block Obama's Supreme Court pick for nine months. So then when Trump came in, he was able to nominate Brett Kavanaugh. No, was it Brett Kavanaugh? No, Gorsuch. Gorsuch, yeah. And uh, yeah, and the question is now is will the Democrats be able to do the same thing? No. No, no. they will not be able to do the same thing. Strong. Um, no shot. Uh, Senate Democrats do not uh, have enough people to pass through the votes. Uh, McConnell has all the votes he needs. Is Lindsey Graham, I think the only two senators that are going to vote no is Collins and Murkowski. Collins being a senator in Maine and Murkowski being a senator of Alaska. Even though Murkowski has now said that she might actually consider the nominee, which means even more high chance uh, for the Republicans 
pushing in a Supreme Court justice. Now, the only reason why some of these senators say no at a time like this is because they have contentious elections. It's yeah. not because they have this, you know, moral, like, duty, this is what we did last time, and now we have to hold ourselves to the same standards, which isn't actually true either. Uh, I'm no fan of Mitch McConnell, but the argument, at least pushed by Chuck Schumer and the Democrats, is that when Obama tried to put in Merrick Garland, Garland in his uh, last term as a lame duck president, that this hasn't happened since Grover Cleveland, so 1820s or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so this is like, it's ruining all precedent, right, because never has a president been able to nominate a Supreme Court justice in his last year through the Senate. Now, that's what the Democrats think have happened, and that's what Lindsey Graham also said. So Lindsey Graham said, you can use my words against me. If the Republicans have a president, so Donald Trump, it's his last year, and a Supreme Court uh, spot becomes open, you have my word. Let's wait until the next election. And now that's happened, and he's not going to wait. He's going to vote. So that's going to huge controversy United States. However, although Lindsey Graham said that, Mitch McConnell, if you actually go back to the C-SPAN networks, because he's no political dummy, the guy's evil, but he's a genius, uh, mm-hmm. that goes along with it. He said, uh, yeah, not only have presidents not usually nominated um, when it's their last year, but it's rare ever that a president of a different party than the Senate is able to push in a Supreme Court justice. So that's happened two times in the entire United States history, where a different Senate has approved a different political party's president, their Supreme Court justice pick, mm. which is I happening. I see what right. you yeah. mean. So yeah. what you're saying is that even if they manage to block it for the next 39 days, and even if Biden won, then Mitch McConnell and the Senate would still say no. Mitch McConnell and the Senate will still say no, and there's no chance it can be blocked. Um, like, here, the reality is, like, unless a couple of senators, Republican senators, get a really big conscience right now and change it, that's the only chance the Supreme Court justice isn't going to get uh, pulled. There are some really intense tricks the Democrats can do, which is just like, yeah, I mean, one thing they could do is they could impeach. Uh, that pushes proceedings. Out great. <laughs> yeah, they, they push proceedings. That's like Nancy Tried Pelosi's that. call, which is wild. I don't know how that's ever going to happen. And the second thing is, if the Supreme Court justice pick goes through, Chuck Schumer and other Democrats have talked about stacking the courts. So right now, you have nine Supreme Court justices on the court. And in FDR's time, your favorite uh, president. The boy. You may know that he tried to do something which was now considered unconstitutional, not precedent, right? Well, it's technically not unconstitutional, but we don't do it, which is putting more Supreme Court justices than nine on the courts. So you stack the ideology of the court to swing it on certain precedents. Uh, if you have a very conservative uh, Supreme Court, you just put in a bunch of liberal judges and it'll skew the side of the court. Yeah. Which is the argument now to do that if you get Amy Coney Barrett, which is the most likely choice. And you can do that yeah. state by state. You can not state. What do you mean state by state? I thought you meant as in the Democrats in the states they control would stack the courts in those states with liberal judges. I mean, that's already happening in general. I mean, that's, yeah. conservatives have been doing that. But for the Supreme Court, they're going to stack it. So as opposed to nine spots, now Ginsburg's gone, so you have eight, and they're putting a ninth justice in, the plan, Biden's plan maybe, will be to put more justices in the Supreme yes, Court. They, they've just yeah. presented that bill to up the number. Possibly, To introduce yeah. term limits of 18 years as well. That is, yeah. So, But that likely won't pass. Uh, but it's not... Yeah, the, the argument there is that you wouldn't need to stack the court and you can just reduce the... Um, yeah. Uh, the... 
the actual limits of, for instance, someone like Clarence Thomas, they would have to leave eventually, and then they'll get rotated down to lower courts. But I, I don't know, man. It's uh, I don't know what's going to happen at all. I think Amy Coney Barrett's going to probably be pushed through. Mm. Republicans are going to get a Supreme Court justice. The question is what, more what is Biden going to do if he gets elected, or what are the Democrats going to do if Trump wins another term? Because that's really, I mean, if they don't get a majority in the Senate, nothing's going to happen, but still yeah because there is what you're saying about the contentious elections is there's a situation where a lot of the people who are up for incumbents in the senate seats if they are up against somebody who is a bit um yeah who's doing well on the republican side and then the democrats might lose then they would not want this to happen at this stage because that would make them look bad so then they would be more inclined to say, okay, no, I'm not going to support the Trump Supreme Court pick because that might hurt me in November. Yep. Yep. But there aren't that many senators who are in that position at the moment. Not that many. Um, there, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and it depends on how long the actual proceedings are for the Supreme Court justice, but in Arizona right now, yeah, Arizona, which yeah. is a pretty, it's a red state, it's McCain's state, and McCain's family has just endorsed Joe Biden. Uh, which is quite intense. Um, but there's a chance, I forget who, Mark Kelly, I think his name, or I don't know exact, I need to get a fact check on that, but there's a Democrat that's now has a really high chance of winning Arizona, yeah. which would uh, take off the seat for the Republican for Arizona, Republican senator, which would have a difference in the hearings. Because um, if you have those changes, then it will actually make a difference to the point of the nominee. Um, but we're just going to have to see. I don't know what's going to happen with that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It just seems like such a short amount of time, 39 days, to push something like this through. Yeah. Like, what, what's the actual procedural process? Procedural process. The procedure for getting a Supreme Court justice finalized. Yeah, so after uh, significant vetting, so the President Trump probably has an entire list of judges that have conservative track records, right? And... He's going to vet them on ideology, which is much more than they used to do in the past. And then depending maybe on some tweaks of, for instance, certain constituents that he has. So, for instance, there was one candidate who was Cuban, and that was kind of a, an attempt to appease Cuban voters in Florida, right? So he really wants to win Florida. That's really big up for grabs. So they kind of put that kind of Supreme Court justice through to maybe help him in that state. Well, the likely choice is it's going to be this Catholic uh, I say Catholic because that seems to be relevant uh, for the discussion. Um, she's a judge. She's not Ivy League grad. She's from, I think, Hillsdale University or something like that. And she was a clerk for Scalia, which was one of the cons- more conservative yeah. judges. And she's going to get picked. So she's going to get nominated by uh, Trump. And then they do a bunch of ceremonial hearings. If Mitch McConnell gets the votes that he needs, which is 50% of the House, which he will, um, then 50% the proceeding, of the Senate. 50% of the setting. So the, the House, the house yeah. isn't a part of this process. No, not at all. It's, I see. Yeah, okay. Checks and balances. It's just the Senate that approves mm-hmm. uh, the president's pick. And they'll get that. They'll do that after enough vetting. What you saw with Kavanaugh is that Republicans were going to push it through anyways. But you saw some Democrats, right? The Blasey Ford. And you could say, okay, Blasey Ford was a separate discussion. But there was also some political play in there, right? There was definitely Democrats trying to stall something out. And uh, maybe you'll see something like that come up. We don't Mm. know exactly the full extent of. And so if they nominate Amy Coney Barrett and something really bad goes on, so to say, with her track record. Like Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah, then 
what you can have is the nomination can be extended or something like that, the hearings, to the point where they're not able to get the Supreme Court justice in in time. But I don't think that that will happen. I mean, there's extreme vetting for yeah. these justices, right? And so, it's happening right now. And yeah. It's, yeah. Exactly. exactly. Well, now it looks like uh, that one's kind of locked in then. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be... Yeah. Yeah, also, yeah. knowing like, no Mitch McConnell and how much of a fucking bastard he is, I don't think he's going to let this one slip. No, man. Mitch nah. McConnell's a fucking Nah, genius. nah, nah. He's a, he's a bit of a... That guy is a bit of a guy. He's a, uh, yeah, Mitch McConnell is a turtle guy. He, I was reading his book. The thing is, like, whenever I see him speak, like, I know who he is. I know what he's done over the last 20 years in politics. And then when I see him speak, I'm just like, I always get reminded of that chicken from Looney Tunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I see, I see, I see, I see, I see the old, like, prospect to southern chicken guy. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, yeah. He just looks so unthreatening. He looks like a complete moron. Yeah. But then I'm like, I know that he is one of, like, the true geniuses of the Republican Party who's, like, been been making them so good politically over the last 20 years. Patience, man. He has been there for a while. But, um, yeah, to a certain extent, I think... Is he a psychopath? Was like, he in Bush's administration? Yeah. Working under Dick Cheney? Yeah, but I don't think he was... So he's been Senate Majority Leader, I think, for... No, maybe he was Senate Majority Leader. No, yeah, maybe he was Senate Majority Leader even under Bush's administration. That would make yeah. sense, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, he's, he, like to a certain extent, he's been a kind of a hardline uh, conservative, but people argue that Mitch McConnell at this point, it's not even really easy to pinpoint down what his political views are. Um, but he's pretty much just always been about increasing his party's power, which he has done fantastically. Yeah. I mean, there's no one that can criticize Mitch McConnell for his political chess-playing abilities. It's it's remarkable. The man yeah. is a um, the man's a genius, and I don't think his political views, like for instance, he um, he when he was a young uh, when he was younger. He worked, I forget for which senator, I, I don't know what job it was, but basically he opposed the senator's job, uh, which was the, he was approved of the Civil Rights Act at that time. He was a strong proponent of that. Uh, so um, to a certain extent, that, that that was a good track record to have for uh, Mitch McConnell to support for um, uh, the Civil Rights Act. And he's been, I think, you know, he's not like a complete free market libertarian conservative. I think he has just pretty rural values and principles. And that's definitely not in line sometimes with a lot of the Democrats uh, on the other side of the aisle. But to a certain extent, I also think sometimes he does have good intentions, as, as skewed and weird as it is. Brady? Like when? Yeah. Um, now, you see, he, he does things like, like the problem with the Senate. Yeah, I have a lot of opinions on the Senate. I, this, is, <laughs> um, this is probably a discussion for another time. Yeah, this is a, yeah. There's too much stuff going on at the moment. Yeah. The first thing we have to worry about is the first debate coming up on Tuesday, I believe it is, no? The 29th. 29th. The day this podcast is coming out. What so you're going to listen now? to this. Today is the 25th, so this is coming out on Tuesday, I believe. No, it's the 20, It's the night of the 28th for us. Yeah. Either way, this podcast is up. coming out. I'm down for staying up. Yeah, Do you want to watch it? Up. I'm going to watch the debate. Like, Let's have a watch party, yeah, man. For fuck sure. yeah, fuck yeah. I think... This debate is going to be one of the most interesting yeah. of, of the last decades. Like, this yeah. is going to be wildfire. Yeah. No, it's going to be super interesting. Um, a couple of things with this. One, we don't know yet who 
is going to be if there's going to be an audience or not. I don't think that's been decided yet. And if you don't have an audience, I think that changes a lot because Trump can't do his like you know one liner tautological statements mm-hmm. and then get the crowd rolling. You know, it's just quiet. It's, Trump really feeds off yeah. people as well. Like that was why For he was sure. so good in 2016. Is he yeah. would go to these rallies, get up there and just do like two hours of political improv yeah. and have no idea what he was going to say, what was going to happen. He would just go up there, spitball, and yeah. then whatever landed, yeah. he would do more of that. Whatever didn't, he would do less of that. And I don't yeah. even think it was a conscious process most yeah. of the time. It was just he was so good at getting attention and yeah. love from crowds of people. 100%. That he was just like, bang, I'm in the zone. And now I think that's also why he suffered so much more in this election cycle mm-hmm. is because he hasn't been able to do that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, um, a, that's a big thing. I mean, his rallies, he's still pretty quite um, awake, but... We'll see. I think a lot of people also are... Because debates actually don't make that much of a, a difference poll, uh, poll-wise. Like, if someone does really well in a poll or not uh, in a debate... In a poll, and No, if someone does really well in a debate or not, it doesn't really... If someone does really well, it's not necessarily something that will tip them over the edge. The thing about debates is whether someone does something really wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a couple moments where, for instance, George H.W. Bush looked at his watch uh, in a debate... Uh, when Bill Clinton pulls out a fantastic uh, reaction to an audience question. That's like a make-or-break-it moment. Mm. You know? Or uh, I think it was Quayle. Uh, this guy goes and says, he's a young guy, and he asks if he has enough experience, and he makes a comparison between him and Jack Kennedy. And then the guy who's debating the vice president says, you're no Jack Kennedy, you know? And then, like, those are real big moments, right? And now we're talking about two guys that are, like, 77 years old. And the question is, we've seen Joe Biden speak is this guy going to fuck up on stage? You know, I think like, he might fuck up on stage, yeah, I man. Think I think he might fuck up, up on stage. The thing is, yeah. all right, yeah. while we're speaking about the yeah. debate fails, I always want to bring up the uh, the Rick Perry moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this was, uh, <laughs> yeah. this was Rick Perry running for the 2012 uh, Republican nomination to face Obama. Yeah. And it was near the end of the race. It was like Rick Perry... Uh, a few others who met Romney was Ron the Paul nominee. Ron Paul was there as well, I think. Mute yeah, it was like, it was a small pool and yeah. it came to it and it was like, all right, Rick Perry, you've talking a lot about, you know, defunding all these programs. What are you going to ask? And he's like, I'm going to ask the EPA, the TTA, and I forgot. What's the third one? <laughs> oops. And then he says, oops, on yeah. live TV to like millions of people and a president. He said, oops. And then his 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 nomination his his campaign was done that that yep. moment in he that one word up. oops, beautiful stuff, unforgettable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll put a link to it down below if you want to watch it. It's very very good. Um, yeah. Same thing yeah. with uh, what, what's the one uh, Marco <coughs> Rubio. And what was that? Chris Christie. Yeah 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He repeats a let's dispel this fiction that Obama doesn't know what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing, and then. Uh, Chris Christie got him on being like a flyby for corporate uh, corporate interests in Washington. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. He just calls yeah. him out like mid. He's like, yeah. he's like, look, look, guys, look, guys. This yeah. is what's wrong with Washington. Exactly. Little dickheads like this with their prepackaged scripts, exactly saying yeah. nada. Yeah, and then Marco Rubio just there like, fucking shits his pants quivering. in real time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. you're not gonna do any. <laughs> Man, that guy's struggling. Yeah, Marco Rubio's out, so... He's that not. was a classic one of, yeah. like, when you had a really packed field and yeah. Chris Christie realized that his campaign was done. Yeah, Chris he Christie's doing suicide. shit in the polls. And he's like, fuck uh, it. Fuck it, I'm out. Same shit with uh, Elizabeth Warren and uh, Bloomberg. The yeah, NBA's, exactly. Yeah, and right. before that, you had Julian Castro. 
who yes. got good yes. in like the fourth and fifth debates once he realized his campaign was donezo. Went after Joe Biden as well. And yeah, 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 yeah. He just yeah. called out everybody. He had a fucking solid night. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah I think with the Biden-Trump debate, what we're probably going to see, I actually don't think that Biden's going to fuck up. I really yeah. like part of me like morbidly wants him to just to see that like absolute content on the screen in real time. Yeah. But I don't think he will. I think he's going to get pumped full of Adderall before the debate. <laughs> Genuinely, I think this is what's been happening. Like when he has a big moment in front of the camera, normally he's been getting drugged up. You think so? 100%. Yeah, man. Like there's no way he's not on stuff and they're just going to up his dosage before this. Go, all right, Joe, don't fucking say anything <laughs> about black kids. Yeah, just don't, don't say anything dumb. I'll be like, all right. And then he'll go out there and he'll just say his words, man. I think it's, do you really think he gets... Man, this is Trump's theory, too. They said he should get drug tested before. 100%. 100%. But I, also think, I think Trump's on Adderall as well. I think, I think Trump is Adderall. also, yeah, fucked up. Yeah. Bro, did you see the uh, the clip of Nancy Pelosi from two days ago? Which, oh, oh where, where she was getting interviewed in. Uh, yeah, 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 man. She yeah, tweaked yeah, out, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, she tweaked out big time. It was Georgia Stephanopoulos, right? I think, yeah, man. Dude, I mean, Her she's brain. fucking old. She's like 80 or something like that now. Like, oh, I think yeah. older than 80. She looks uh, way older than 80. Man, she is... It's crazy, man. I don't know how they function. It's like the most stressful job on the planet. And these people are all seniors, you know? It's it's crazy. Bro, in, in, in the video yeah. I was watching about it, the commentator, Carl Kalinske, was saying that the people who do the pharmaceuticals for Congress, it's like one company, and they all subscribe to it because it's like one company which does the medical stuff uh, for Congress. They said that there's a lot of people in there who get prescriptions for Alzheimer's crazy crazy like there are these people running the most powerful nation in the yeah. world who have alzheimer's you know yeah. it's just wild and it's like that how politics works that's i think especially nuts, i think especially man. in america there is this like inclination towards politicians being there for fucking way too long yeah way man. too long man in england there's a higher turnover somehow in other countries like do you guys have term rates in uh uk term limits term limits yeah I don't think we do, but just there isn't, there's more competition within the local districts. You know, in America, it's like you're fighting for a Senate seat or a yeah. congressional seat. And I think it's just more of like an ingrained party thing. Whereas in England, like they tend to shift every 15, 20 years between completely different parties. And that means people just get unseated. And when they get unseated, a lot of the time, like they're kind of done, yeah. you know, yeah. they don't just go to another state or whatever, or another congressional district. Um, but yeah, we're gonna play this clip of Nancy Pelosi for you guys yeah, right I now. See this, I see um, have you seen it yet? Yeah, I have seen it. I just want to see it. Yeah, so this is Nancy Pelosi getting interviewed about uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg dying and the Supreme Court justice nomination um, on ABC on a morning show, and her brain just mid restarts mid sentence. Lois is gonna come take a look as well. Put the headphones on. And, uh, uh, yeah, let's play it. The the Oh, sugar. Let me play that back a bit. On Friday, I started their early voting the, the day that we lost but, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. But to be clear, you're not taking any arrows out of your quiver. You're not ruling anything out. Good morning. Sunday morning. <laughs> the, uh, the, 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 we have a responsibility. What we take an oath to protect crazy. and defend the Constitution of the United States. Yeah, <laughs> 
Wait, can I compare that with... Uh, oh, that's too good. Can you look up Nancy Pelosi's 60 Minutes? Um, this is... It is crazy if you compare that to... No. 60 Minutes, yeah. We're not watching the whole 60 no, Minutes, course, I take it. No, of course yeah. not. Click on that one and then go to... Yeah, that one. Put it on and then we'll skip to the right part. If you go to here... Mm-hmm. Yeah, right there. Okay. It's... Is it here? Yeah, there, there. Go there. If you just compare how she speaks now, it's it's crazy. Like when this is from yeah. this is from a while back, yeah. twenty years ago. Leader, right? You said in fact he's not a leader. He's a person. This who is on no George judgment. W. Bush. Right. It even stings to to hear it now. Mm. I mean, obviously the two of you are bound to get along just great. <laughs> you know, it, we're professionals. We're professionals. Uh, you could go through a long list of things his surrogates have said about me. I know they have to do what they have to do, and they know I have to do what I have to do. And what I have to do is make a distinction in the public that between the Democrats and the Republicans in order to win. This isn't personal. This is about... Sounds personal. This isn't He's incompetent. This is a fucking well, game. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but this is a giant game, man. Sorry, We're just playing with people's lives. It's, it, it highlights, though, yes. man, like that Nancy Pelosi, Mitch McConnell, man, they are so good at their job. I mean, oh, yeah, like, yeah, irrespective yeah, 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 of yeah. what the end result is, man, but, like, <laughs> these are political geniuses. Like, it's, like, yeah. there's no other way of... Nancy Pelosi's hard, man, and she's just getting old, man. She's... Yeah, I don't know when she's gonna get up. I think it might be her last term. She, uh... I mean, I've been yeah. following the the campaign of Shahid Batar. Do you know about him? No. So he's the progressive candidate trying to unseat Nancy Pelosi oh, um, in, in San Francisco. Damn. Yeah. And he's running a Batman campaign. I don't know if he's got what it takes because, like, Nancy Pelosi is the political behemoth in the Democratic Party. Yeah. But from what I've seen and the amount of support he's gone, I think if he gets a lot of other progressive candidates to support him and Nancy Pelosi continues to fuck up like this and the COVID situation gets worse, I think she's going to be held responsible for it in a similar vein which Trump is now, which Mitch McConnell is now. And then I think this guy might actually beat her. Yeah, potentially, man. potentially. I don't know. Because um, the squad tried to usurp her as well, and she squashed that uh, in an yeah, instant. Yeah, and then she so. kind of, like, there was a thing about AOC a few months ago, like, ah, you know, Nancy Pelosi, she's like the mama bear of the Democratic yeah, Party. She got whipped, oh, man, can we... Whipped hard, whipped hard. Yeah, you can man. feel that, like, ooh, uh, what yeah. happened to, like, you know, these people are just as much uh, as the problem is there. Uh, she got smashed by Whoopi Goldberg on The View. If you do... Uh, oh, Alexandra I fucking Ocasio-Cas. hate Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> She's such a fucking dickhead, man. Honestly, she thinks that she, like, is somehow a political analyst and just clearly knows nothing. I think it might have been this one, which really, really got under my skin. She says uh, Mama Bear in this one, uh, AOC, I think, with the Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, it's going to make my skin crawl. Wait, this is young... Yeah, no, this was it. This was it. Oh, yeah, this was it. This... (laughs) This is the one, right? Like, okay. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, 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 yeah. So a bit of a bit of back a bit of uh, background. So this was AOC, who is a progressive senator, sorry, not senator, congresswoman from New York, who face got, of the new left. Face the new left. Every loves her. She's very, very good. Just very speak for yourself, man. Not everyone is in love with AOC. <laughs> Let's be absolutely clear. Ah, she's very good, man. She's a very good politician, uh, regardless of what you think of her views. Um, and she has become a bit of a celebrity in America for the last few years, and she's been calling out establishment Democrats at various points. And this is Whoopi Goldberg. You might know her from Sister Act, who is now a political <laughs> commentator for some reason. Um, 
And yeah, she's going in on AOC saying like, you didn't, you don't know what we fought for. Nancy Pelosi's a goddamn bad gal. Let's watch. Happy when you were elected because I thought it was a great step. This is working. In a good direction. And then you lost me Mm. because it felt like you were saying to people like me that I was too old and didn't do enough to make... Well, that's what it sounded like. And so that has bothered me because I feel like... Oh, no. I love young people. I was once one. (laughs) (laughs) But you're on my shoulders. Absolutely. And we have carried this fight. People like, you know, Nancy Pelosi, who was the only chick in the room for years, mm-hmm. and, the fi- and Madame Feinstein, who was the only chick in the <sighs> room for years man. and had to deal with all yeah. of that stuff. And to sort of hear it sound like you were dismissing mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. bothered the hell out of me. Of course. And she's been very yeah. upset about it. And I've been very yeah. upset for, about it for that's a, a Megan long McCain, time. That's Megan McCain, by the way. So no way. Do you think yeah, maybe yeah. they misunderstood what you were saying? Did I misunderstand what you were saying? Because I read the blurb in the on the website, so mm-hmm. maybe you can no, clarify. No, of course. Oh, read the blog, I am, so. And I appreciate you sharing that with me, because I think... Well, I figured a, everybody else probably already... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate sharing that with me, and I think that that's something that we have to model more in politics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I work very closely with my sister Rashida Tlaib, and one of the things that she says is that we're not divided, we are disconnected. And the way that we connect is by sharing honestly our takes with each other. But that being said, um, first of all, I think there's a lot of incentive to blow up um, disagreements in the party as like huge fights um, because I think it's important for us all to recognize and we do this in our rallies to recognize the people who have been in this fight to allow us to have this window Mm -hmm. as we do right now you know Nancy Pelosi that's mama bear of the Democratic Party you know Um, but also, also <laughs> women like Barbara Lee, yeah. Jan oh, Shikowsky, Maxine Waters, yeah. uh, my Can't chairman, be. Elijah Cummings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, we've had enough, we've had enough, we've seen enough. Yeah, yeah, so much to say about that clip, oh my yeah, God. There's a lot, there's a lot. Firstly, I want to say, anytime anybody says, thank you for sharing, thank you for giving me your opinion, <laughs> it's like, fuck off. Yeah, I don't, don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I do not agree yeah. with you, but, <laughs> like, eh. I was trying to say, uh, like, oh, we're not, like, divided. We're disconnected. Like, I'm pretty sure disconnected is even harder to repair, you know? Like, that's crazy. Because she, man, her, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, uh, there's two others, I think, as well. Uh, Rashida just, Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, uh, AOC, and the one who endorsed Elizabeth Warren. No shot. I, I forgot exactly what it is. Um, Might have been Katie Hill. No, something Taylor? Something... No idea, no idea. Ah, no. Just look up the squad and then you'll, you'll find it yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's look uh, up. I was thinking Brianna Taylor, but that is somebody else. Oh, that is. Say her name. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, yeah, but they, they are changing the Democratic Party. I mean, they, like, say which, oh, it is just four then. It is four. It's four, but Iona Presley, that's, Iona yeah, Presley, she endorsed yeah. Elizabeth Warren instead of uh, Bernie. She was the... Did one of them lose, Rogue I think, pick. right? I think one of them... Ilhan Omar, I think, was actually... No, I think here. they're all still in office right now. They're still in that office, but they're they're facing contentious elections. Iona Presley endorsed Elizabeth Warren because she's in Massachusetts. Oh, okay. That I explains see. it. But that's not controversial between... Was that... Oh, that was controversial. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit, yeah. 
Really? Yeah, of oh, course. Wow, course. Cool. Man, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie, like they are not the same person. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just, just the same political uh, person. Medicare for all, isn't it? They're both like, radical. Hey. Both radical. <laughs> Ooh, radical. Wouldn't use that word. Um, either way, that speech. So about the squad and what they're saying, I find it so funny that like Whoopi Goldberg's there. Like, you're not recognizing what we did. Yeah. Uh, what Whoopi Goldberg did in Sister Act. <laughs> she, was, she was up there with MLK. Fucking leading the march on Washington. <laughs> oh my God, man, what a prick. Honestly, I can't stand these people who are like, they've just been so up themselves for so long that they genuinely think that they've been like doing something really good by just sharing their opinion, which oftentimes yeah. is completely baseless and uninformed. What's called the political view? Is this ex exclusively... But yeah, it's crazy. I read Megan McCain's book once. There's like a little <laughs> diary on her time on the trail with her father. Uh, the 2008 uh, for the 2008 election was it a good book would you recommend to our listeners <laughs> no man no man I, I read these books and I think man like this is like almost like straight out of like a 14 year old's like diary it's the same thing with what happened in Mitch McConnell's buyer book as well The Long Game it seems like they're literal children you know yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like so like I tried to get this bill passed and it didn't and that was kind of frustrating you know it's like whoa man like you're venting out to a book and like goddamn Hillary Clinton and what happened she Did you writes read that? I wrote what I read that. Oh, I'd love to she, have, have you got that? No, I think it's at home, but I can oh, just okay, PDF yeah, you the yeah, file. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oopsie. Shouldn't say that, but I'll just get you the book. Um she goes about what helped her deal with the loss of the election, like alternate <laughs> nose breathing <laughs> yoga. And I'm like, man, who are you? Like, who the fuck you're trying to like appeal to working class voters oh, that have lost their jobs and you're telling you me alternate nose breathing yoga helped you deal with the loss of the election? Like crazy. Like who are these people? Oh, man, have, like, you, have you seen the uh, the Hillary documentary? Oh, uh, what? On Netflix. Which? Oh, oh, I've seen the uh, the what's it called the uh, what's the, the picture the ad you know thumbnail thumbnail exactly one, yeah. yeah worth watching. So I was I was with a girl a couple weeks ago and she was I told her like oh yeah I went on the Bernie campaign she was like yeah she watched this uh, <laughs> this free. <laughs> There's a really interesting documentary about Hillary Clinton and the 2016 election. And, you know, she just shed an interesting light on it because, you know, she was like, oh, you know, Bernie, there's a lot of these people in Congress who are these career politicians who've just been doing their thing for years and who have, you know, always just been there to do, you know, just to further their career and say this and say that. And then finally they want to, you know, get some power and change something. And I've been there as a woman my whole life having to change my positions so that I can get elected as a woman. And now Bernie comes in and everybody loves him because he's been saying the same thing for 50 years. And I'm, and she like, this girl presented it to me as if like, Oh, I never thought about it like that. And I'm like, that's how deep the psychosis yeah, is victim, in Hillary Clinton of like, Oh, changing your positions over time because of whatever reason is actually a good thing. And Bernie saying the same stuff his whole career, being consistent, having core values and principles, that makes him a career politician. Yeah, it's, it's wild. What, and she genuinely yeah. believes that. I mean, it, I think Nancy Pelosi, Mitch McConnell, it's the same kind of thing. Like they'll say what needs to be said, that, what they yeah, think needs to be yeah. said, and that's why a guy like Bernie didn't yeah. get power. 
and actually yeah. was came very close, but could couldn't take those final steps because he was too principled. He couldn't say the right things at the right yeah. points to just put him over the edge. That's crazy, man. Also, to say like to act like Hillary compared to the politicians that have tried to further their career by taking a number of steps in on the Hill, as though Hillary Clinton is separate from that when she is by definition like. If not the perfect encapsulation of someone that gets put into politics because she's a first lady, which has a political position, and then becomes a senator after, and then eventually secretary of state. Like, man, like, and putting a bunch of committees there as well. Like, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, she is. She, she is, is a wild one. Yeah. Um, but getting back to the state of the race, real quick, what do you think? Man, I think Trump's still going to win. Really? Yeah, yeah I think Trump's going to win. Did you hear about this um, this new angle on the election? Go for it. So you know about mail-in voting, yeah? Yep. So Trump, over the last couple of months, has been really railing against it, saying the mail-in votes are the devil, mail-in votes are corrupt Democrats, they're going to steal the election through the mail-in votes. Um, and there's no evidence for this. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Mail-in votes are likely more secure than regular voting stations. You have to make the distinction between absentee <coughs> ballots and mail-in votes, though. So. And what is the distinction there? Absentee ballots are normally what people overseas do, right? Whereas, like, you have a direct reason why you're not there, and it's a different form of ballot, whereas the mail-in thing you do directly through the post office, I think, through different means. And I think, I don't think the criticism is against absentee. I think the criticism is against mail-in, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly, yeah. And mail-in yeah. votes is, is the, so absentee, that's something like, that's from overseas. That's yeah. a tiny percentage of, of the electorate. But mail-in votes now, they are going to be coming in um, five times as much as yeah. they have been in previous elections because of coronavirus. And Democrats are twice as likely to do as it, yeah. Republicans to vote by mail-in vote because Democrats, by and large, believe in lockdown measures much more than Republicans do. But what that means is you're going to have a situation where 20 to 30% of the country is voting by mail-in yes. vote. Yep. And then on election night, <laughs> yep. what you're going to have is a situation where the cable news networks, everybody, they're going to call a winner. They yep. always do. Always. And the president, whoever, Biden, is going to come out and give an acceptance speech. The blue wave. The blue wave, indeed. And what they're predicting and what could genuinely happen is that on election night, they predict Trump win. But they say, oh, there's still 20 to 30% of the votes to come in by mail-in vote. That's going to take a week. But you've got a yeah. situation on election night where the map comes up, the electoral things, red, blue, and it's heavy red. And then Trump's going to go out there and say, we fucking did it. Look at us. We said they yeah. couldn't do it. We fucking did it. Fuck coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. And then his 30% base in the country will be wild. Yeah. And then a week later, mail-in votes come in. Oh, shit. Biden won. Biden won, yeah. Then won. Yeah. Yeah. I think Trump... In, in that case, that that would happen, I do think Trump will concede. Uh, I think Republicans would uh, push forward for that. Do you think? Yeah, well, Joe Biden said he's not going to concede if that happens for the first week, which is crazy. Um, but I think it is going to get factored in. I think it needs to be. Uh, but it is a crazy idea. Uh, I, I just think, don't, yeah. I think right now, especially with America in its current state, where we have, you know, 50% of Americans facing eviction, you have record unemployment, you have like, you know, half of the country on fire. Yeah. I think there's a very real possibility if Trump just in that week loses it a bit, if the people around him are doing some weird shit, I think civil war might happen, man. 
Oh, I, I think Second American. Oh, I would love to have a conversation on that. I've been doing a lot of reading. Wait, Second first, American Revolution. For, for, yeah, for, Civil War. Civil sorry. War. Wait, first thing before we dive into that, I just, again, the kind of cynical humor in the fact that like literally like the worst couple of years in like recent history of fucking pandemic next to like the largest recession ever, right, is happening when Donald Trump is president is just beyond like like it's so like fever dream, you know? Like Man, it's insane because you just imagine yeah. like like my impression of Donald Trump, like I knew him before as the guy who was like the American Sir Alan Sugar. You know about yeah. Sir Alan Sugar? He did the like the British Apprentice. He did the one that was based off the American yep. one. So I viewed Donald Trump like him. I was just like, oh, he's just some business guy. Yep. It? And then when I watched a documentary about him, I was like, wait, this guy is a full on retard. Yeah, like, a complete, I didn't realize the yep. extent of it. I was like, okay, he's, you know, he's not a very good businessman. He's kind of dumb, business man. man. He's a businessman. Yeah, you know, he's a, he's a leader of some sort. I watched a documentary. I'm like, wait, he's the greatest con artist in humanity, I think. Nobody yeah. has lied to yeah. the extent he's lied and gotten to where he's got. It is unbelievable. Can you do the, uh, what's it called? The, it's PTSD, not, fuck it. It's the water bucket, ice water bucket challenge, the LOS bucket challenge of Donald Trump. <laughs> have you ever seen this? It's, no. It's, it's fucking no, crazy. No, I have not. It's like this, it's. Ice oh bucket. Oh my God. Ice bucket. It's it's crazy. Okay, it's a minute long. Let's <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's I, let's fucking play it. Starts out Trump Towers panning up shot. Lovely. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, you got two really hot girls there. Miss USA, Miss Universe sashes on both of them, pouring Trump branded water into ice buckets on top of his tower. This this is Trump like encapsulated. Wow. Of course he became president. For the ALS ice bucket challenge. Homer Simpson, Mike Tyson, Vince McMahon, like everybody's going crazy over this thing. I guess they want to see whether or not it's my real hair. Which it is. So here's what I'm going to do. Miss Universe and Miss USA, I own it. They're here. They're going to really do a number on me. I'm challenging President Obama, my son Donald, my son Eric. Let's go, ladies. <laughs> what a man. What a man. Just the. President of the United States. He's my president. Wow. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. Nah, it says a lot, man. But like the thing, there's there's a lot of things in it about his childhood in this documentary where, yeah. and then you just see how he became this guy who was doing The Apprentice and it's just totally fucking random. Yeah. Well, and then you learn like, was it from the Fahrenheit 11.9 one about why he decided to run? You know about that, right? No. Oh, this is, this is fascinating. So Trump was getting paid by... Uh, MB MBS, what's it called again? NBC. NBC, yeah, NBC. He was getting paid by them to do The Apprentice, and he found out one day that Christina Aguilera was getting more money for her position as a judge on American Idol or one of those shows than he was getting for The Apprentice. So he was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to run for president again, which is like a whole media stunt. And then once they see that I'm running for president and that ups my media profile a bit, I can renegotiate and get a better deal than this woman. Just get more money. That was his whole motivation for it. So he organizes this 
big press release in Trump Towers, the classic one of him coming down the escalator. He yep. paid all the hundred people to be there at his at his press release of him running for president. And then he goes up and gives that very famous speech about him um, hating all the Mexicans. Mexicans are rapists. Yeah. I'm sure some of them are good people. That speech then blows up everywhere. And they're like, holy shit, Donald Trump's running for president. And he says that all Mexicans are rapists. Yeah. Bang. And then NBC, once they see this, they're like, what the fuck? Cancel his contract immediately. He doesn't have a TV show anymore. Shit, he's going. And then he's like, all right, what the fuck? Like, oh, shit, bad move. But then his sons, who are like been helping him organize all of this, they're like, yo, you've got two rallies, one in North Carolina, one in Ohio. You might as well do it, man. Just fucking go to them. Like, just see what happens. And he goes to them, and both of them have like nearly 100,000 yeah. people at them because people have seen this speech and him yeah. saying, yeah. fuck the Mexicans, fuck everything, fuck the government. And they're like, Woo! And he goes there and he kills it. And then his sons are like, hold the phone here. We yeah. might have just struck gold. Yeah. Yeah, man, they fucking... Incredible stuff, man. He didn't think Incredible. he was going to win. Incredible. He did not think he was going to win. He never thought he was going to win, man. Never. Also, you see it in like the... On election night, like the size of the halls they rented yeah. for their parties. Yeah. Trump rented some pissed little place that could hold like a couple thousand people. Hillary had this like grand exhibition center yeah, dude, it's for crazy. like a hundred thousand people. But yeah, I, I still think Biden's going to win, honestly. Well, it's I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to see the second American civil war. I think that's a, that's, uh, that's next episode. I think next episode. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. I don't think Biden, I think usually at around this spot when there's like a month or two left, something big happens. Right. I mean, this is like the case of the access Hollywood tapes as well. Um, I just think... Of grabbing by the pussy. Grabbing by the pussy. Yeah. I think that there's a high chance that, although Biden has had a lot of gaffes, that there comes a moment when no one can ignore his age. And I think once the American public sees that, that the energy people have to vote for him declines. And I'm very concerned about that. So I think that is one thing. The second thing is that Trump has been doing much better with Latino voters, in air quotes, because mm -hmm. it's kind of a very diverse thing than people have thought. I think his black vote is actually going to be higher than it was last election season, even with uh, uh, the riots that are currently happening. And I think no a way, lot man. of suburban... No, really? Yes, what are you yes. basing that on? Um, I think that right now the riots have actually mobilized conservative African-Americans. So people like Candace Owens, um, Larry Elder... Um, these, does that yeah. mean they get pushed towards David Trump? Webb. Does that mean, because you're making the connection there, that because yeah. they're mobilized, then therefore they're going to go yeah, and support so, Trump? So it's not, maybe not necessarily that more, there's more African-Americans that have in net increased uh, for Trump, even though I actually would say that there is a chance. With you, if you looked at the RNC, right, they paced a fantastic performance uh, with Tim Scott as well and getting cons uh, black conservatives to speak at the RNC. And right now what they're trying to, I guess, push for is that the Democrats are treating you like victims. They want to hold your hand. They want to push you. And whether you agree with that or not, that's actually mobilized some voters in the base. And so there's some people, and I don't agree with Dave Rubin at all, but he argues that there's going to be a third. Dubin. Yeah, he's a moron. But I will say that I think there's a chance that the black vote can be almost 20% for Trump. I think it'll be close to there. Um, and I'll be willing to put some money on it, money on it that I think it'll be above 15%, mm. um, which is crazy. I think that that'd be insane. But I think there's a lot of people... Especially now, which is also another reason people will Trump will win, is that suburban women are scared. 
uh, suburban women, that's the wrong way to gender it, but that's the voter base that he's going for. Suburban white people. Sur- suburban white people. Yeah. That's why you see Rudy Giuliani at the RNC go, they're coming for your suburbs. Right? It's a direct, like it's so out in the open. Like there's no ignoring it. Like they are going for that voter base. And if they're scared enough, and you see things like the ride still continuing with Breonna Taylor, I think there's a high chance that Trump doesn't lose the votes that he needs to lose. And if chances maybe gains uh, some votes, mm. uh, at least not enough to put uh, Biden up ahead. Um, but we can, we can debate Again, this. Yeah, I, I still think it's, because uh, when this is coming out, this is going to be released on the day of the debate. I still think it's going to come down to these next three debates, and specifically the one we're going to watch next this, week. Yeah, because it's, it's crazy. That one always has the highest uh, viewership out of the debates because people just kind of lose track. They watch the first one, that's it. But yeah, everything you're saying, like, there's so many flip sides to it. Like Everything yep. you're saying about the riots, I see that, but then I think it could equally help Biden because I think the more Trump highlights the riots and the insecurity and Black Lives Matter and everything, he thinks it's hap- it's coming from your perspective of like, okay, my base, my people... My potential voters, they're going to see the country rioting yep. on fire and they're going to go, oh, don't we want a conservative? But I think it's way more likely that the more he plugs that, the more they're going to look at it and go, yeah, Trump is telling me that Biden is going to be worse and Biden is, you know, weak on crime. But there's no evidence for that. And the more I get reminded of this stuff happening, the more I realize this is happening in Trump's America. And that yep. the situation right now is shocking. So I don't think that's going to help him, really. I think you have a point, but I think the counter is just as strong. But then it's the same with a lot of these things of like, you know, America is doing absolutely terribly now, but there's no real evidence yeah. that Biden's going to make it better economically. This it's is just, a It's thing. just yeah, voting yeah, yeah, yeah. on yeah. for the next thing. So there's everything's up in the air in that sense. If you look at the polls, Biden's up on average 7%, which is a bit better than Hillary was doing at this point. In 2016, there have been yeah, a lot of I, yeah. po- polling data has been like really, really good. Can you go to the RCP? The RCP? What's the RCP? Real clear politics. Okay, real clear politics average. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's around seven percent at the moment, which is good. But I think all these things are negligible, and you know, Hillary was up what four percent on average. Yeah, but I, to a certain extent, I oh, this is primaries. This is. This is Democratic presidential nomination. Let me go back. Uh, you were a lot of time on that one. Obviously. Oh, you know it, man. <laughs> Take me back to January, please. Trump v. Biden. Let's go. Yeah, Biden's up 6.6%. Yeah, man. I don't know, man. Successes. Ever since what happened with Hillary, there's a, yeah, it's a big divide. It's, it's a big divide, but what was it back in 2016? Like 3 4%, you know? A bit, just a, a bit more. But then again, this is why I say I think the most likely scenario is Trump just edges it on election night, but then it comes in mail-in votes, Biden gets it back. And then we have Civil War Part 2. Man, I think he's going to win Florida. I think he's going to win. High chance he'll get Wisconsin. I think he's going to win Florida. I do not think he's going to win Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, or Michigan. No way. I think Pennsylvania is up for grabs for Trump. These states are doing so fucking bad. So bad. And they all voted. They all voted heavily for Biden in the primaries. I think maybe Wisconsin yeah, didn't. I'm not sure. I, I, if you go to 538 as well, we can read about this later. I think also this, you have to think about what the different groups in the states 
are interested in. Definitely. In Florida, I think there's a big portion of his base which are economically secure, which are not going to been hit so hard by the pandemic, and who look at the riots and go, fuck, yeah. I'm an old person. I don't like that. Yeah. Whereas in Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan, the Rust Belt, the reason they voted for him in 2016 wasn't because they liked him ideologically. They liked him because of what he was offering yeah, like at trade, the time. Manufacturing trade, class, yeah. ending yeah. the corruption, that kind of stuff. And now he can't offer that and he's not offering that. So that's gone. And I think these people are going to be harder no. hit because of the pandemic. I don't think he's going to carry any of these states. And if he doesn't carry any of these states and he also loses Arizona. Yeah, yeah the Arizona's a win? wild call though. I uh, Look, I think, sure, Arizona's up for grabs. I agree with that. I do think Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota, Pennsylvania are all dangerous spots for Biden. I think Pennsylvania in particular, I have to read more about this, but I think there's it's his home state, and he's not doing that well in it right now. He has uh, no ground game in Michigan. Yeah, Michigan's fucked what over. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that makes sense, right? I mean... No, it doesn't, man. That's what Hillary did, and she lost it, like... It's such no, a but that's what I'm saying. I think, I think he's going to lose Michigan. I think he's going to... I don't think he will. I don't think yeah. he will because he won Michigan very clearly in the primary against yeah. Bernie. I think I think people there connect with him. I think Biden has something which connects with Rust Belt voters in a weird way. They look at him and it's just like, ah, that's an old fucking... He knows me. That's an old... He knows me, man. Old Joe. Old Joe. Something about... Like, there's some kind of similarity he's there. He's slow. Between. He's slow as well. You yeah. know, it just works. And... I think with Florida, Arizona, you don't have that as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah fair. I'll have to fucking see, man. <laughs> it's either crazy. way, this is approaching an hour. We'll be watching the debate tonight. It's going to be fucking tasty. And yeah. I do think that this is, it's going to be crucial. Like, if Biden has a record player's moment. Yeah, man. Because you got lucky, the first man. five minutes, dude. Nobody saw that. Like, nobody fucking realized that happened. If people had seen that record player's moment in one of the Democratic debates... It'd be, I think, you know, that's the kind of stuff that can really flip polls. But yeah. If something come this election this Friday and something really bad happens in the first 10 minutes, count it done for Joe Biden. Let's just say that. I think. You think so? Yeah. I think, man, that's when everyone's watching. People tune off a little bit after the end. But in that first couple minutes when the viewership is high, something bad happens, guy croaks, donezo. Mm. Finished. It's tricky as well because people yeah. with Trump, they kind of expect it. If yeah. Trump says something fucking retarded or horrible, everyone's like, ah, that's, that's just the guy, in it? Whereas yeah. Biden, we hold him to higher standards. Yeah. You expect the Democrats yeah. to be professional. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I guess that is the end of uh, episode 18, I believe. Yeah. A party roulette. Damn. And uh, yeah, the good more you, coming. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's been solid. good. Peace. Catch you later.